In the name of our loving, liberating, and life-giving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Can everyone see me and hear me okay? I know that for Father Robert, he probably needs to be up there for you to see him. But I have an aversion to heights. So. Folks, I am delighted to be with you today. Uh, my name is Dan Wall. I am a native of Thomasville. I actually still live in the home place uh, in Thomasville. I inherited it when my parents died a few years ago. Uh, I have traveled all over this country, and I am so glad for that, except for Utah. <laughs> I had to pass through the mountains of Utah, and I had heard the stories about what happened there, so I didn't stop. I just kept right on going. Folks, in my travels, I worked for an extensive period of time between being a, a Methodist minister and becoming an Episcopal priest. I worked in Chicago for an organization called the Great Books Foundation. Now, some of you may know, oh, I see heads nodding already. Junior Great Books was the best thing that happened to many of us in school because junior great books taught teachers and adult leaders to ask questions for which they did not already have the answers. Oh, what a revelation that was. <laughs> I headed one area of the, 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 the organization. That's how I got out to California. And along the way, I was confirmed an Episcopalian by Bishop Griswold in Chicago, and then came back to North Carolina after, on the way from, from, from California, um, and was ordained by Bishop Curry. Now, I do not believe that I will then therefore become presiding bishop. <laughs> In fact, I hope that is not something that is destined to happen. One of the things that we did at Great Books was help to revolutionize the questions that we ask. You know, it, it's a rough thing when you're a teacher and somebody tells you, ask a question you don't know the answer to. Same thing with preachers. Oh, I know the temptation. We like to tell you what everything means. Well, that's exactly what happened to Mortimer Adler. Now, some of you may be old enough to remember, Mortimer was one of the founding fathers of 
student of, of inquiry-based learning, great advocate of free thinking, until he heard what people thought. <laughs> and then that's when he went over to the dark side with Britannica and not only wrote about the literature, but pretty much told you what you had to believe about it too. Well, I look at today's gospel and I pray that nobody is going to hold me to the task of trying to justify the wise and the foolish bridesmaids. Have you ever noticed that in this story there is no bride? The bridesmaids had come from, I, I'm guessing, from different sides of the family. Because half of them were wise and half of them were foolish, according to the story. And we know how family feuds go. When the foolish folks ask for, oh, can we have your leftover oil? They were told by the wise ladies, no. No, you must go to the all-night bodega <laughs> and buy some from the oil merchants there. Then you can come back and come into the wedding. And they were greeted at the door by the host saying, uh-uh, you missed your chance. Go away, we'll eat your food. I'm not sure that a literal reading of that story gets to the point. I want to suggest something. I know that culturally, in the Middle East, it was not uncommon to have nighttime weddings. Midnight may be pushing it a bit, but weddings nonetheless. And the tradition was that the attendants would come swinging their lamps so that there was lots of light on the path for the bride and the groom. And remember, we're still missing the bride here. Well, we, they accompanied the bride and the groom to the ceremony. I like this idea of a nighttime wedding, especially in the summer. I have done two destination weddings, one at the beach and one in a tent, under a tent, in my hometown of Thomasville, at the Finch House, lovely place. But I swear to you, I don't care whether it's a man and a woman two men or two women. I will never again do a wedding that is outside in the summertime. <laughs> I'm retired now, I can do that. 
I have a question about this story. Is this the story of the wise and the foolish? Or is this the story of greed and need? I don't know the answer to that, but I can argue the point. Because you see, I don't think that they were that much out of oil. I really believe that the bridesmaids who were standing there having trimmed their wicks and poured oil in their containers, I think they had enough left to share. But they didn't want to because it was theirs. You know the story. People in great need. Where did Jesus go? He attended to the people on the margins. The people who were not part of the respectable culture. Jesus met with sinners and tax collectors. Jesus broke bread with folks that he shouldn't have. Jesus taught and let women in the crowd. Now we have women who make up most of the crowd. This is all something that we need to think about. Because if this story is really about greed, then we need to hear. How much do you have that did not come from God? Does anybody have anything that doesn't belong to God? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell some people are looking down like yeah, he can move on from this point anytime. When we entertain angels, sometimes they are the beggar at the door. Sometimes they need food that we have in abundance. Sometimes they need clothing. The church that I attended in uh, Long Beach, California, I was still a layman then, the church has a shower program on Saturdays. And they welcome anyone from the homeless population who needs to take a shower, and several qualify. Um, they welcome them in. There's a shower for men, a shower for women. They give them all the toiletries. And they have enough clothing that has been donated that those folks can have a change of clothes. They have a soup kitchen that's opened during that day on Saturday. And they have a barber who shows up and he'll give free haircuts. 
I drove by there the last time I was in town on a Saturday and I looked over and the barber was sitting on the bench right in front of the common area and he had a guy's head in his lap and he was cutting the hair. I thought, what a ministry to be giving the, the, the sense of touch. You know, when we've lived with someone a long time and we suddenly are living alone, the human touch is sometimes what we need. Sometimes we should reach back with that human touch. Whether it is from our abundance in food, in clothing, whatever, it is our job as followers of Jesus Christ to give of what we have and of who we are to those who are less fortunate. Sometimes it's a smile. Sometimes it's an extra little scoop from that soup kitchen bowl pot. I remember the year before I retired from uh, a church of the Ascension in the booming metropolis of Fork, North Carolina. That is a Davie County town. Um, it is part of um, Advance, at least on the, on the post office. I was doing a study on the Fridays during Advent. I do not recommend that at any point. The Fridays of Advent run too close to when people are shopping for Christmas. So I had two people who were faithful. But as I walked in that night, I looked over and we have a swing right between the church and the parish hall. And there was a young man, fairly attractive young man, who was sitting there swinging. I introduced myself. He introduced himself. He was from outside of Chicago. His name was, of course, Nicholas. Well, he came in, he sat there during our discussion, and I invited him to go with me to raid the kitchen and see what was in the refrigerator and whether it was fresh enough for someone to eat. And there was some potato salad, I think, and I, and I gave him a bottle of water that we had already cooled. And he thanked us, we all sat with him while he ate. And then, I don't know why I asked him this question. I don't know whether it was unwise or what I was supposed to do. But I said, where are you sleeping tonight? And he said, well, I have a, um, 
a sleeping bag. And I thought maybe if you didn't mind, I'd just roll it out here in the breezeway between the church and the... You don't need to do that. The church is never locked. You're welcome to go into the church where it's warmer and you can spread out your sleeping bag and sleep there. And tomorrow, one of us will be here early and we'll let you in downstairs the showers. And as I closed my mouth and heard the echoes of what I had said, I thought, oh Lord, I did not talk to the vestry. <laughs> well, I sent a note to Monty Taylor. Some of you may know him. Uh, he's known throughout this part of the country. Monty was, had organized the folks who were packing the bags to go to all the elderly that we knew of in Davie County. And we had made a meal and there were other things that they were giving them. And this young man, after he had a shower, helped. He helped stuff the bags, he helped get everything ready, he helped send people on their way, and he went out with two of our finest people. One was a retired social worker and the other one was a retired teacher. And after they delivered things, they went to the 101. If you've ever eaten in Moxville, that's the best restaurant there. It's a little bit pricey, especially for Moxville. But the senior warden's sister owns it, so there was a reason they went there. They said that he did not order anything fancy or expensive. He just ordered a simple meal. And when they came back, one of our members offered to take him to their house and let him wash his clothes. I thought that was a really good idea. You couldn't get real close. And then the lady who was now senior warden had been with him. She was the teacher. And she went over to Monty and pulled out a wad of cash. It's about $200. And that's what the, old, the elderly people gave to them to go back into our pantry ministry. And they decided on their own without consulting even me, they would give this money to Nicholas. They knew it was risky, but he said he wanted to get to Florida. And they thought this would at least buy him a bus ticket. None of us have heard from Nicholas since then. But I thought, what a witness to the transforming power of love. I still am amazed. 
I didn't get in trouble, and he got a leg up. So I ask you the question, what's that story really about? The wise and the foolish, or the greedy and the free? You figure it out. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. <laughs>